one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. First show of 2016, Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, uh, as we head into, well, it's not our fiscal year uh, or anything, <laughs> but we're looking for our sixth anniversary in March, but uh, uh, we are headed into 2016 with lots of high hopes for the poker world, Joe, uh, uh, plenty of things going on in different legislatures throughout the country, maybe we'll get online poker this year in California or Pennsylvania. Uh, who knows what's going to happen in Florida with the Seminole Compact and what's going to happen if that's ratified in the legislature, what that's going to do for poker here in this town. Very interesting stuff this year. Yeah, let's hope that one of these big states uh, finally puts online poker because I think that will be the little shove and nudge that we need to get it going for the rest of the country. We thought that maybe Pennsylvania might be next, but that's kind of uh, stalled out a little bit. California having a big hearing today. Uh, as they are getting underway with uh, their push to try to get it going out there. Interesting thing out there is that they've included the paramutuals in the online poker uh, scene, which uh, was kind of a, a drawback before because they were trying to cut them out and they were fighting back. Uh, they obviously have the Indians that uh, that want a certain a piece of the pie and uh, of course, the regular card rooms all over the yep. uh, casinos and that sort of thing. So uh, we'll see what happens. i got a little story I'll get to later in the show to talk about that. Uh, of course, we're looking at all the events here, not just in South Florida, but all over the country as the, uh, the World Series of Poker Circuit moves into Oklahoma, Choctaw for a big event starting tomorrow. Uh, also, the Seminoles getting underway with their Lucky Hearts Open in Hollywood. Uh, that begins tomorrow. We'll go over that schedule and uh, certainly uh, things happening all over the place. And we're only about a month away from uh, the circuit event coming over here to uh, Palm Beach, no? It starts uh, right. about mid-February I, was, I usually. went by there today uh, to talk to, uh, actually Noah wasn't there, I talked with Tim Wright. Uh, we had a nice conversation about uh, what's happening there. They have a huge uh, bad beat jackpot going, 272000 Uh I said, are you worried about that still going on? And uh uh, with the tournament events going on. No, he said, no, we bring it on. And, bring uh, it on. He that'll, said, that's going to be really exciting. <laughs> exactly. Make the cash games just obviously blow up when people get knocked out of tournaments. They're going to want a shot at that bad beat jackpot. Exactly, exactly. They also have a uh, special high limit, or not high limit, but high stakes area for poker, three tables uh, with games like uh, 5, 10, and 20, uh, like three blinds, uh, basically for PLO and for... Uh, Hold'em. They actually have hired a a gentleman that has worked at the facility for a while that is in charge of that little area, the three tables. Uh, So some of the biggest games in town are up there at Palm Beach County. Well, (laughs) that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, they've been running a hell of a room. One thing we've never really discussed is their high limits, how they've done it. We've known that Gulfstream has run some very high limit PLO games over there. Uh, you know, Hialeah, Magic City used to have a very high game, almost by an invitational game, that you had to sit down with. It was either ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars, and it was uh, ten twenty-five with a mandatory uh, straddle of fifty dollars. So, you know, we've had these high-stakes games around town. Exactly. Uh, we do have a guest tonight. Uh, Rep Porter is going to join us. I had mentioned Rep a few times uh, in 2015, toward the end of the year. I did talk with him. 
last summer a little bit uh, about coming on the show because he has a new site called, well, it's not so new anymore, but uh, it was new at that point, called thepokeracademy.com, which is an instructional site, and they have a new special thing going on uh, that we'll talk about with, with Rep tonight, uh, a big uh, 12-week uh, uh, group of, of webinars to promote uh, their regular uh, offerings. Uh, you can get a 12-week series of lessons, I think total cost $500, $499. Right. Uh, or you can just try it and do get the first uh, uh, episode of the series for $50. But exactly, and the, buy them as you go along. But the webinar started last night. I got a chance to see some of that, and we'll talk with with uh, Rep about some of that, along with his partner, his cousin, Rick Fuller, uh, also a great player and a good teacher. So we'll have some fun talking, some poker instruction tonight. Uh, Rep, of course, one of the great players in this country uh, as uh, – he finished second in uh, event 67 this summer. We'll talk with him about that, uh, which it was the Dealer's Choice, the 10,000 Dealer's Choice event. And I saw on their website, too, that I, I didn't re remember this, but he finished in, uh, was it in 13th or 14th in the main event in 2013? Yeah, just a couple of years ago and, he, and he finished 13th. And does and is the proud owner of two bracelets. <laughs> one, also. Two, two bracelets out there at the World Series of Poker. And, uh, you know, a lot of final tables and that sort of thing. So we'll talk with him about his history. He's a very good uh, mixed games player. He won a, uh, one of his bracelets was in Raz. And he also... Game that I love to play. Yeah, it's a great game. And uh, Dealer's Choice was interesting because uh, he finished second. Uh, he was short stack going uh, in head-to-head -head action. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about some of that. But uh, uh, he lost to a player named uh, Quinn Do from Vietnam. And had a very short stack going in, was unable to uh, kind of move up at all but uh, in head-to-head -head action. But uh, some of the games they were playing down the stretch were do seven low ball and Badesi, which I've never played before. No, neither have I. It's actually kind of a combination of Badoogie and low ball. Uh, low hand, uh, best uh, nut low hand is uh, the, wheel, the wheel, ace through five. And that would split the pot with the low Badugi hand. So, oh, so it's a split pot game. Yeah, it's okay. a split pot game. So, and triple draw, obviously. Uh, so, uh, I, I want to talk to him about that, the choice of games and that sort of thing, which is really a big part of the strategy of any uh, dealer's choice type of game. Yeah, figuring out what your strength is, uh, and sometimes not even your strength, what your opponent's weakness, biggest weak game is uh, that you might right. be able to take advantage of. So. Uh, as we move into 2016, that means the the Player of the Year races are over. Uh, we were watching those down the stretch, and Byron Coverman uh, was uh, crown champion of the GPI. He overtook Anthony Sino, huh? Yeah, he did, and uh, he did it really with a lot of uh, incredible traveling and play down the stretch. We went to Barcelona and, and had, I think, three final tables there, and it was uh, kind of in the fall, and, and after that happened, he decided he was going to try to win this thing. And he did, the GPI. Uh, of course, Anthony won uh, Card Player of the Year, uh, Card Player's Player of the Year, and he also won the WPT Player of the Year. So uh, they all got their honors and uh, certainly well-deserved. I'm, I'm sure he was trying for that trifecta, though, huh? yeah, with the GPI. would have just been the, the crowning jewel. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, we'll have some fun here in South Florida when the uh, – the circuit gets here in February at uh, Palm Beach. That is the dates of that, February 4th through the 15th. And uh, they'll start out with a Monster Stack event, uh, $365 buy-in. 
and there'll be a horse tournament also that first day starting at 5 o'clock. And the main event uh, kicks off on the 12th, uh, February 12th. Uh, two uh, opening sessions there and uh, close things out on the 15th. So 4th through the 15th are the dates there. Over at uh, Seminole Hollywood, they have the Lucky Hearts Open starting tomorrow the 7th. They'll go through the 20th. But their main event there is a WPT Deep Stacks, which starts on January 14th, $1,100 buy-in. So all that stuff going on. Uh, the Philippines are playing in the Philippines right now uh, for the WPT, and they're getting ready to uh, play the Deep Stacks Hustler event is, is coming next. It starts this weekend uh, when you're talking about the U.S. play for the WPT. That starts in Gardena, California on the 8th. So. We'll look forward to covering all these events as we usually do. Nothing really to report exactly right yeah, now. There's never really much of a rest, rest period no, in the poker world. there's not. And uh, the other thing, I was looking at, uh, there's several events that are stacked on top of each other. And I think this is going to be the year where, you know, people try to stay away from each other for quite a while. But I think this is the year where there's going to be a lot of events that will suffer because they're being uh, played at the same time as something else. Yeah, well, Dave, we're going to find out because I, I eventually, if there are guarantees, it's great for the players. But obviously, we know that the casinos have to make money, or else they're not going to be running these guaranteed tournaments. Yeah. And if there are that many head-to-head -head battles, especially with big guarantees, you know, do you think somebody's going to suffer and maybe pull out of running tournaments like this? You know. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you, the first one happened already, and that was the Isle pulling, dropping their uh, their first tournament of the year, the Isle Classic, uh, that they've run for about six years straight, and uh, they're not having it this year. Uh, instead of having uh, four major series like they have for the last, right. last few years, they're only having three this year. The first one will be in March, the battle is, Battles at the Beach. You know, and, it, and, it, and it, you know, here in South Florida, it becomes increasingly difficult to run these tournaments Especially when you've got Hollywood, you know the big the big boy on the block running so many different tournaments. Like oh, it seems like every other month they're running one. Mm -hmm. Coco, their sister property, running some very big tournaments, and then you've got Palm Beach. It it, it becomes very difficult. I mean, we spoke about some of the numbers being down this past year. Right. Yeah. No question. Uh, we'll keep an I, eye on all these things. You know, I, and I think as a tournament player in South Florida, eventually it's going to suffer for you because. You know, the aisle over the last few years, you know, after Mike Smith had left, has been kind of very, you know, moderately priced for for the for the tournament yeah, players. Yeah, to smaller players. Exactly, you know, and I wonder if that's going to suffer going forward. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, certainly, something to keep an eye on uh, as we move uh, into the year. Uh, also, uh, I spoke briefly about the uh, the compact, the Seminole Compact, of course, that came out very quietly over uh, kind of the holiday season. Uh, Rick Scott signed the compact with the Seminole Tribe, and it will generate $3 billion, $3.1 Was billion. Was it ratified, dollars. though, by... Yeah, by well, not yet. They haven't gone back they to haven't session. They have right? Yeah, okay. But they're getting ready. In fact, uh, a lot of the legislators have uh, gone back to Tallahassee, and they're getting ready to go up there. So that's going to be maybe the first order of business to decide if they're going to ratify that uh, compact or not. Uh, it was a 20-year deal and would allow uh, casinos in uh, Dade and Palm Beach, uh, Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach, uh, maybe a destination casino, uh, maybe a casino at the Palm Beach Kennel Club, which they're very excited about and looking forward to uh, what they might do uh, 
certainly have their fingers crossed and not uh, spending a lot of time talking about it, but they'll wait and see what happens. I, I wish I knew what the what the wording was in this because if Palm Beach gets that, you know there's going to be other places, especially some of the properties well, up Beach. in Tampa that are going to want to have the same, you know, well, same sweetheart deal that already, Palm Beach has. They no? already had a referendum approving casinos in their in their county, and they also had one up in Gadsden County, which is where the uh, Gretna track is. Uh, and they both barrel passed. racing, and they both passed. But uh, I think they're going to have a much tougher battle getting anything up there. But Palm Beach certainly, uh, you know, I'm surprised wants Tampa. to be like their big brothers in uh, Dayton Brown. And who can blame them? I mean, they they run a first class operation yeah, there. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Tampa basically got left out of this whole thing. Yeah, uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, don't you know. know maybe you've got close. a Hard Rock property up there, don't yes, you? Up you in do. Tampa, you so do. that's kind of strange that the other, you know, that maybe the other just property. a little too close to Mickey Mouse's home. You think so? Yeah, yeah they're possibly. only an hour away. That's true. So, all right. So we'll see if they get slots. Uh, obviously, if the Indians get table games, uh, meaning craps and uh, uh, roulette and that sort of thing, real roulette, real right. craps, uh, unlike some of those uh, electronic games. Um, then the paramutuals will get blackjack. So that's one of the big things that's going to happen here. Now, did you by any chance read whether within this 20-year compact that uh, down the road after five years, ten years, the uh, you know the paramutuals can jump in and get something along the lines there, or is it just going to be I strictly blackjack? I think the first blackjack? seven years is it's kind of uh, boxed in. We'll, we'll see what happens on that, but... I don't know. Uh, I really don't know what to happen. Obviously, there's a lot of argument about the daily fantasy sports all over the country at different places. Uh, we're seeing that uh, very heavily combated in New York. Uh, by that, yeah, uh, they're trying to get refunds for everybody. That's, yeah. that's, that's going to be. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Gonna, let's see how that works out. That ain't going to happen. So, uh, well, but we'll see. Uh, Illinois is also trying to regulate uh, fantasy sports and that sort of thing. So. That's going to be the big discussion this year, and that's going to affect poker uh, as well, I think. Yeah, definitely, at least for online, for sure. Yeah. So we'll see what happens uh, with these tournament events. Uh, we'll have some fun with Rep Porter tonight. Looking forward to talking with him. Have been for some time. And uh, I got a chance to see uh, a little bit of his uh, first webinar. You got actually one of the videos. One of the videos, his first one, how to use uh, your chips, uh, for tournament chips. You know, it's, it's all on the, the, what I got for the video. Chips was, as weapons, I think. Chips as that, weapons in the tournament, the exactly. So if you want to check out his site, maybe uh, as you're listening to the program, it's thepokeracademy.com. And you can get uh, those free videos. They send you one each day for eight days, I guess. Was yes. That, that? Yeah, I didn't get a chance today to look at the, the second one. I was supposed to receive it today. And also, uh, you can uh, go to the webinars, just sign up. Uh, those are free. And uh, I wa it was a lot of questioning last night. Uh, Rep had a few comments, and Rick had some comments to start off the show. And then uh, they open up for questions, and of course, once you do that, it's all over the place. You know, it's got all kinds of questions. <laughs> well, people are gonna, I'm sure the, some of the questions must have been I was working last night when I saw I couldn't get a chance to see it, but I would imagine they're already starting to ask strategy questions. Well, they are, and uh, they're trying to pick and choose uh, something on the topic. Basically, the topic last night was pre-flop play, and uh, there's all kinds of different. We'll, we'll discuss some of the different categories and what's going to happen, but. There's going to be, it's about once every either week or two weeks, 
that they put a webinar up and it's basically in conjunction with each of the 12 lessons that they have. And then people are uh, they're asking them to, uh, you know, evaluate the programs and write uh, a little uh, piece to come in and they're going to choose uh, a couple of winners to uh, play in a uh, WSOP event and they'll, they'll have their buy-in and their travel and that sort of thing. Uh, so we'll talk about all of that with Rep uh, when we come back. But I do want to mention uh, our friends over at Gulfstream Park as we head toward our first break. The uh, racing season championship meet is open, is underway. Uh, a lot of great races in December, and they kick off uh, uh, with this a few things this week. Uh, just a couple. The House Hope is, is this weekend on Saturday. Also, uh, the Sunshine Millions follows on uh, the following weekend, the 16th. So those are big January races. And then the big day in January is the 30th with the Holy Bull, the Forward Gal, the Swale Stakes, and Kitten's Joy. And then when they move into February, some of the big national races like the Don Handicap gets underway, uh, the Fountain of Youth, the Devona Dale, uh, just great uh, racing with some of the top horses. And all these names that you're kind of getting for the first time is, as we start to see who shakes out as uh, – Maybe a second year in a row with a Triple Crown winner. Who knows? Hey, listen, we waited a long time for one. Waited 37 years for one, and then uh, that would be kind of weird if it came back uh, to to, uh, fruition and and come back to back. That would be pretty crazy. Do the same thing they did, what was it, 77, 78, wasn't it? Back-to-back Triple Crown uh, winners? We had three in like a four-year period. 73 was Secretariat. Yep. And then uh, affirmed, and but a great Aladar, right? A great, uh, I think affirmed beat Aladar, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. I'm sorry. Yes, Seattle no. Slough. Seattle Slough. That's the name. I was anyway, uh, April kicks around with the Florida Derby. That is on uh, the big day on April 2nd. But besides the horse racing, we love the poker room uh, with our friends over there, Scott Poole and Michael May, and and uh, the brushes, the the dealers, the floor people are all great, do a great job over there. We enjoy playing over there. And they have tournaments nightly at 7 p.m., um, different prices. Uh, give them a call over there if you want the exact schedule uh, that's laid out right now. But it's been pretty consistent for quite a while with a PLO game on Wednesday and a bigger tournament on Thursday night, I think, is 110 buy-in. Some of the other ones are as low as uh, 50 bucks. And uh, you can rebuy and uh, have a good time. Uh, 7 o'clock tournaments. And, of course, uh, a lot of great cash games throughout the day there. Different uh, different games are being spread there. Uh, some pretty juicy games over there, including a real nice uh, Omaha game. Yeah, the, the poker action is always great. The staff is outstanding. And on top of that, they got a lot of great restaurants in that area to yeah, go and eat. A lot of absolutely. great places to go and have It's fun. a great day for the whole family. They have the... Uh, Area around outside the village at Gulfstream Park, which is uh, shops and clubs and stores. So interesting stuff, too. The Container Store, Crate and Barrel, and, of course, some of the restaurants, uh, the brand-new Frankie's and uh, the Adina Bar and Grill. Of course, uh, some of the old standbys like Three Forks and and, uh, uh, the Mexican restaurant there is great as well. Uh, Cantina Laredo. So uh, it's a fun place to go. And uh, you can uh, go play cards. You could send the family over for some shopping and some dining. And then get together and watch some horse racing, <laughs> It's fun too. to be had by everybody in the family. Absolutely. Uh, if you want the uh, number, once again, it's 954-457-6336. I should say, 6336. And uh, it's located in the southern part of Broward County in uh, Hallandale Beach. Easy to get to from Dade, Broward, or Palm Beach County. 
and it's just uh, east of I-95, between I-95 and the beaches, right on Federal Highway. 901 South Federal Highway is the address. Check it out, uh, Gulfstream Park. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer could purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. And welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez here on Poker Action Line. Uh, and we want to bring in our special guest tonight, Rep Porter, who uh, lives in Woodenville, Washington, uh, which is a suburb of Seattle. And uh, Rep has been around the poker game as a professional for over 10 years and has a couple of bracelets from the World Series of Poker to his credit, over $2.4 million in tournament winnings. Rep, thanks for taking a few minutes to, to join us on the show tonight. Oh, my pleasure, Dave. How are you guys doing? We're doing great and uh, looking forward to talking to you for quite some time. Uh, the site is thepokeracademy.com, and uh, what made you feel like uh, uh, you wanted to jump into the instructional business? Oh, that's a complicated question. <laughs> um, my, 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 one of my business partners is my first cousin, Rick Fuller, and he has been teaching poker for 10 years. He's been a lead instructor at uh, WPT boot camps, among other other ways that he's instructed and coached. And he and I have talked about it for a long time. Um, 
it's a big project, though, getting a website up yeah. and running and doing a lot of things. And we ran a couple live seminars at the local casino, and we spoke with a couple guys afterwards who had the technical um, abilities to be able to build a website and do the video production. And they wanted to partner up and see if we could build a, um, a poker education site. And since it was something Rick and I were already looking at doing, and we had some ideas about how to teach poker a little different than how it goes in the modern video realm, um, we talked to them and uh, we kind of all decided we wanted to go ahead and do this. And so the four of us set forth and uh, created the Poker Academy. So, so basically, people can get involved at any time. I know that you have your uh, webinars set up, which we'll talk about in just a second, but uh, someone can sign up for the course and uh, work at their own pace. Is that the way it works? Yeah, we, we launched with um, a complete no-limit tournament course. It's designed to be a comprehensive strategy to take you from the very beginning of poker tournaments all the way through final table play. It covers... Um, pretty much every aspect of tournament play that I could think of when we were writing it. Um, it's divided up into 12 sessions, and if you decide to purchase it, it's not like the other sites where you have to pay a monthly fee. You, you pay your you pay your your price. It's 4.99 for the whole course, and then you own it forever. You can come in, you can watch the videos in you know preferably in order because the material builds on each other. Right. But um, you can watch all the materials as many times as you want. You'll have access to them forever. And we also, you know, divide it up into 12 sessions, which are about two hours each. And um, each of those sessions, if you want to go that route, you can buy for $50 to get started. And then, you know, when you work through it and you're comfortable with that session, move on to the next session. Okay. Uh, you started back right around uh, the first part of the World Series because I know you had the, you were talking about it in a booth out there at the at the Rio. And uh, how has it uh, been accepted by people? Has it has it grown slowly? Uh, did it take off right away in the beginning and then maybe slow down? How has it been responded to by people? Well, uh, we had a decent sized mailing list when we started and sent out a bunch of. Um, of free content in the couple months leading up to when we launched, and we launched in the middle of May. So right the, the week we launched, we had um, quite a few people sign up that week, and then over the course of the World Series, it was reasonably steady. Um, and after the World Series, we, we had a, ran a little special where we offered the first session for 10 bucks, and I think we had 180 new people to sign up in one weekend. Wow. You know, that was a, a big push that we managed to make, and... Um, and then it's been, you know, moderately steady throughout there. And I, I think overall we have about 450, 450 students right now, which is, you know, around the pace of what we were hoping for in our first year. You know, we kind of thought if we got more than 500 people to sign up, we'd be doing pretty good. Um, we're happy enough with, you know, the way it's all going that we're in the middle of building a second course, which is um, going to be on Limit Hold'em. So it's going to be a complete look at how to, how to play Limit Hold'em. Um, you know, our long-term plans are to kind of build a course for all the different poker games. So, it'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, you are pretty much an expert in a lot of different games. I know. Uh, when I talk, well, I play a lot of different games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what when I talked to you out there, you were playing in a Deuce uh, Seven Low Ball event. Uh, you won one of your bracelets in Raz, which is a game I love. Uh, so, uh, are you feeling that uh, the mixed games and, and the uh, other alternatives to Hold'em are continuing to grow and get bigger? 
I do think they are. Um, you know, one thing that happens at the higher limits that you don't see at the lower limits is you just don't have enough players to be able to um, always have a high-stakes game of Omaha 8 or better or stud. And so it's what happens is the players kind of negotiate and play a mix, and that's really common in the cash games. And so I've been playing those games for the last five or six years, moving from predominantly playing Holden before that, either limit or no limit. And I think that that um, effect is kind of trickling down. You're starting to see more mixed games at the mid-stakes level, you know, as little as, as small as um, 20, 40 being mid-stakes in my mind, right. up until, you know, like the 100, 200 level. Okay. Um, you know, when you're when you're in the lower stakes games where you're talking about the, you know, 300 to 500 buy-in, no-limit games, there's plenty of players to, you know, always have that game running. And so you see that, and you also see, you know, like 4-8 limit hold'em, there's always enough people, you know, at your bigger casinos to have that game running on a regular basis. Okay. So, but I think as you get up a little bit in the limits, if you move up to the medium stakes, you start seeing um, a smaller player base, and then the the players, because they want to play poker and they want to play a little bit bigger, have to kind of negotiate what games they play. So you see more mix at that level. Okay. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your playing career and some of the things that have happened to you uh, recently. But uh, going back a ways, uh, looking at one of the first uh, notes on your on your Hendon Mob list of uh, caches was an event called the United States Poker Championship. What I think was the year that uh, Moneymaker won the World Series, and then right after that, uh, there was always a, a big interest. And I think ESPN actually covered that, and you made the final table in that one. Tell us a little about that. I, the one that I made the final table in was a $1,000 preliminary one. Oh, okay. The, I, I, didn't, I didn't play the 10K that ESPN covered. Okay. Um, ESPN used to film that. It was always at the uh, Taj, and ESPN used to, to film it all the time. That year, I was still working on Wall Street. I hadn't become a professional poker player again. But um, I played professionally when I was going to college for about seven years. And then I left that world to go play, I mean, to go work on Wall Street in the start of 1999. And I left my Wall Street job at the end of 2004. Um, so I think that result was like in late 2003. And um, that, that was an interesting tournament. Alan Cunningham was one of the, uh, as soon as I got knocked out, those three guys made the deal. So. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that always the way? So, that always makes you feel special, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I noticed you had a couple second-place finishes before you won your, your first uh, bracelet, and I and it just made me think because you had a second-place finish uh, this year at the World Series in Event 67, which was the Dealer's Choice event. But going back to that first bracelet, is it kind of like you have to learn how to lose before you can learn how to win? I wouldn't I wouldn't put it that way. Okay. Um uh, let's see. You know, those two times I came in second. I um, one was a circuit event in Atlantic City, a ten thousand buy-in, and you know, first place. That was the one year when they first place got you into the twenty-seven person field for the tournament of champions. That was televised, a million dollar free roll. So you know, there was a lot of a lot of extra money. Actually, I think it was a two million dollar free roll. So I think there was like this eighty thousand dollar carrot with first place. Mm. And the, the gentleman who won that tournament, his name is Jeff King, is a really nice guy. Uh, we played heads up for six hours, I think. Oh wow! And you know, we just battled back and forth, and I, um, the, I had him all in once, 
he had me beat, but I was like 25% to win the tournament, and that didn't happen. And then there were a few other hands, and eventually he ended up winning. Um, but, you know, I mean, we played for a long, long time. Um, and then the other time I came in second, I played for four hours, the heads up, women hold them. Um, and the other, uh, that was against Joe um, Seabach, Barry Greenstein's stepson. And um, he, I had him all in with one card to come with three outs, <laughs> and he hit it. So, you know, I mean, like, I had chances to win both those tournaments. We played for a long time, and it just didn't break my way. I was up against good players both times, and a lot of times when you're up against good players, you know, right. the guy who happens to catch the cards wins. And and then my, you know, like, so that kind of, you know, like drives your fire a little bit. You're there, you got these chances, and it just doesn't fall right. And then when I won my first bracelet, we played four hands at the <laughs> well, you've gotten to the point where you play uh, quite regularly with all the big names. I, the event I, I saw you playing on out there, you were, I, I think, at the same table with Matt Glantz and uh, Phil Helmuth. And, and uh, what is your poker career? You feel you feel good about it as opposed to maybe having stuck with a Wall Street career? Well, you know, my wife and I are both from Seattle. Our families are all here. And when when I left the Wall Street firm, it had a lot more to do with wanting to be back on the West Coast and be closer to our families. I mean, I, I liked my job. I liked what I was doing. I liked the firm I worked for. Um, and I certainly, those six years I spent on Wall Street made me a, a much, much better decision maker. So when I ended up back in the poker world, I was a much better poker player just for having the ability to evaluate situations better and come to better conclusions. Because right. um, at the end of the day, poker is a decision-making game. But I wasn't really, you know, I didn't leave Wall Street with the intention of playing poker. I left Wall Street, moved back to Seattle, looked for work in finance, you know, but I wasn't in a big rush. And I started playing poker again as a hobby because I really enjoyed it. And poker was so different. Like you pointed out, Moneymaker won. So, you know, like there was this big push into tournaments where a lot of people thought anybody could win a tournament now. And so tournament fields were a lot bigger. And then on top of that, there was, um, you know, they invented the whole cam, so poker was on TV. It went from being something where everyone thought you were the black sheep, like, what are you doing, going to those smoky <laughs> little basement rooms and playing poker, to being, like, this glamorous thing. Right. And there was also, because of that, you know, the average people were going out and playing more, so there was a lot more money in the poker environment. And the opportunity to actually make a decent living presented itself in that way over the first six months or so as I was playing as a hobby and, you know, looking for work and finance, thinking I was going to go back to work. Um, we had had our first baby, and my wife was pregnant with our second child. That was really why we decided to move back home, because it felt like one of those things where, like, if you get your kids to school out there, you're just kind of stuck there for 20 years, and <laughs> neither one of us were that excited about being, you know, on the East Coast for that long a period. And so we came back home, and then I got back into poker, and it just kind of kept drifting that way, and... I kept doing fine, and, I, you know, I spent a lot of time studying and reading materials and trying to improve my game because, you know, the, the game keeps evolving, and if you don't evolve with it, then right. you're going to quickly not be able to play anymore. Did you always have a secret uh, love of uh, instruction and teaching people, trying to help other people with their games? Um, I always liked teaching. Uh, when I worked on Wall Street, I used to teach the new young traders I ran. You know, they are, are we, I work, we work for a big firm, and so they always ran, they had a pretty decent-sized education department, and um, I worked with the education department the whole time I was there, and I, I really did enjoy doing that. So, yeah, the teaching is something I enjoy doing. 
the, the two things I didn't, uh, you know, obviously I follow poker very close, and I just felt kind of bad for you when you uh, had your deep run at the very end of the tournament. It was like the last tournament before the main event got underway, and uh, kind of slipped between the cracks with a lot of people's uh, attention. Um, I, I don't think there was any problem probably with your being unhappy with finishing second because you had you were short-stacked going into head-to-head play, and, and the other fellow did a nice job, I guess, of uh, picking the good games down the stretch that had helped him win that tournament. But uh, did you feel like uh, you didn't get as much attention because it was so close to the main event? You know, um, yeah, it's possible that happened. I you know, don't really worry too much about the attention when I'm playing right, poker. Right. I mean, the, the glamour's never been the reason I played. So if it was, I'd just go out of my way to play a lot more tournaments, a lot more televised tournaments. But I probably spend like 80% of my time just playing the cash games because it's a, um, a much lower variance way to earn money. And it's a much uh, smoother way to support your family if that's what you're trying to do with poker. And, you know, like, I just assume when it's over, be able to go home and be able to live my life and not have to stop in the grocery store and have people talk to me like I'm sure happens to, you know, some right. of the big names like Phil Helmuth and Negreanu and stuff. So, yes, it's probably true that there wasn't a lot of attention, and it didn't bother me, no. Okay. But uh, the young man who I played against, Quinn Doe, he's from Seattle also. Right? Oh, wow. That's I didn't know. Second that. Okay. He is, uh, yeah, he plays at the Commerce a lot, and I'm reasonably good friends with him. I actually went out to dinner with him that night, and, and we have a lot of mutual friends, a bunch of people we both knew were at dinner with us. So. I know that uh, the state of Washington has some uh, pretty funky rules against poker. Uh, they were already spotlighted uh, as being one of the ones that uh, uh, made online poker illegal in the state, and uh, I know there's some different rules in the live places that you play. Uh, are you unhappy with uh, the way they treat poker out there in your state? You know, since when I was a kid and I was first going to poker rooms, the rules were far more restrictive than they are now. So, like, over the last 20 years, poker mostly has grown in Washington, certainly in the live environment. Um, I was a little unhappy that they decided to make online gambling of any kind of felony. That was a, a bit of a shock when that came down. Um you know, but there have been a lot of people who have been active in trying to get that squared away and pointing out the blatant inequities and in licensing brick-and-mortar places and calling someone a felon for doing that right. very thing in the privacy of their own home. Right. Right. I mean, that's kind of a, uh, an interesting stand to take from the state's point of view. But, um, you know, Washington is a state that has a betting cap. You can't bet more than $500. So they don't end up with any true no-limit or pot-limit-type games. Um, they let you play, you know, spread limit mostly is what is what's most popular nowadays. It used to be limit was the most popular game in Washington. Every everything was limit. There were a lot of U.S. choice games. Um, so you know, I grew up playing a variety of mixed games. You know, like people passed the deck around and just declared whatever game they wanted to play that hand. Right. The next right. guy dealt and so forth. So. Well, when you talk but, you know, when you talk about your series, I want to get into that, and I also want to talk about the uh, the webinars that began last night. I got a chance to see a good part of the first one, and uh, Joe, my partner here, also uh, signed up for the videos. He got his first uh, video yesterday, and uh, he hasn't had a chance to see the second one yet today. But uh, there are several things that people can get for free. Of course, uh, you want people to sign up for for the course, so you're not gonna you're not gonna make it so that people say, listen, I don't need the course because I got enough out of these other free things, so I don't need it. But 
certainly the webinar series, which started last night, was truly interesting. I enjoyed it, and uh, it kind of dovetails with your whole series. You have the same uh, topics, and I want to get into the different chapters and just briefly talk about those. But uh, what was your idea behind the 12-week challenge webinars? Well, we launched our 12-week challenge, which was to really, let's see how to best describe this. You know, when, when you look at our course and you read it's 91 videos and it's 25 hours long, it's a little daunting. Yeah. And we really wanted to try to let people know that we built it in an approachable fashion, that there's 12 sessions, they're all about two hours. And so we launched our 12-week challenge with the idea that we could tell people, you know, this week, instead of going to a movie, instead of binge-watching four episodes of your favorite sitcom or whatever, um, just, you know, take one session in our No Limit Tournament course. Okay. And, you know, do that for 12 weeks, and we truthfully believe that at the end of those 12 weeks that you'll be a significantly better poker player. And, you know, to sort of put our money where our, ma- our, money where our mouth is, we offered... Um, a carrot of, you know, for every 25 people who take our 12-week challenge, send us the testimonials on each of the 12 sessions. Send us an overall course testimonial that we'll pick one person and send them to the 2016 World Series. So, you know, we'll put them into a $1,000 bracelet event. We'll put them up for three nights at um, the Rio, and we will also fly them in from a major airport. You know, there's like a a cap on the airfare, but um, somewhere near where they live. And so... We also we we got a decent response to that, and we wanted to make sure that the the students in our entrance knew that Rick and I were available. Uh, we have forums on our site, so when people are taking you know our course, if they're in session one, automatically a forum pops up for session one, and they can ask any questions. And Rick and I monitor that on a regular basis and answer those questions. But we wanted to make ourselves you know available so people could come and ask questions and see what kind of questions other people are asking. And so we decided to run the webinar series to really support our 12-week challenge. And so our first webinar was basically a session one question and answer. And then as you go through, each webinar is in, like, one's on Tuesday, then one's on the following Thursday, then there's a week off, and then Tuesday and Thursday again. So it's like nine days and 12 days in between. Right. And they go all the way through the spring, through April. You know, each one is designed to handle a specific um, session in our course. What? So, you know, in, go ahead. I was going to say, what is your favorite thing to talk about? Uh, last night you talked about pre-flop play. And, of course, uh, I'll just interject that uh, once you open up for questions, uh, you, that's really a, a ball of fire there because everybody comes from all over the place. It's all over town. Were you surprised at, at the, the range of some of those questions last night? No, I mean, we sort of, Rick and I had talked about what, what we were going to get. And we had, you know, made sure that we were going to try to make sure we focused on the topics of that session. You know, we got a lot of questions from, you know, top poker topics that interested people, you know, and they fell into other sessions in our course, and we had to remind people to stick with this session. Um, you know, as far as poker goes, I think the most interesting part is talking about how uh, hands are very dynamic in their value. You know, you can um, look at two cards and they have an absolute value, but depending on the tournament situation, you know, you might pick up this one hand, like let's say like ace king, right? You might pick up ace king. You might be in a spot where, you know, the the stack set up and the player set up where it goes two bet, three bet, and it's crystal clear 
that you should move all in here, you know, based on your stack size and whatever. And then there's other times where you pick up the ace and the king and two different people will raise and re-raise and based on your stack size and the risk components to yourself, you know, folding is the right answer. And so, like, that concept that, um, you know, hands have a very dynamic value based on the tournament situation and dynamics, I find very interesting. So, like, that's one of the things I really enjoy talking about. The uh, the answer to all poker questions, it depends. Yes. <laughs> it, it is tough to kind of talk about things, and of course, people start bringing up uh, specific hands and, and instances, and that uh, is a little tough to deal with. I would I would guess. Uh, were you uh, surprised by the challenge of the um, the technology and, and putting that out? I know that there was a couple of little uh, problems with the Google uh, uh, the sound and and uh, cutting out a little bit, and of course, there's always the buffering and that sort of thing, but. Uh, it looked pretty good, I have to say, once you got into it. And uh, were you surprised at, uh, at how it looked? I, you know, I expected it to look better. I expected the sound to be better. Yeah. I guess, you know, the, the room in my house that I chose to do it from, I chose that room because it had more um, front lights so my face would be brighter. Rick and I tested this software, and it records automatically and, and downloads for us. And I watched the download, and, you know, all four people who where our guests, you know, during our test webinars said everything was great. So we were we were really expecting to put on a high-quality product. But I, I guess the room that I went into, my wife says we don't get good Wi-Fi there. She says there. Uh, when she uses her laptop in there, it doesn't work well. I usually just use my laptop in my office, but I don't have a light in front of my face. So I was dark in all of the, um, all the times we tested the software. So I took my laptop and I went to a different room just to try to get um, a different lighting environment. And so it looks like, you know, the room I was in just didn't have good enough Wi-Fi to have a good, solid signal sending the, uh, sending the voice up. So I was a little disappointed that, uh, that it came across choppy like that because I thought when we spent a decent amount of time picking which webinar right. service we were going to use, right. we ran a free webinar in uh, November and we crashed our whole site with their software with <laughs> too many people signed up. Well, so, they- um I was I was going to say those are there's certainly a learning curve there and obviously you're you know you don't have a, a tremendous amount of uh, TV experience or anything. Uh, if I can make one suggestion, uh, when you look, I mean it's obvious that people you're kind of going to look at the screen when you're when you're doing it, but you should concentrate more on looking into the camera, which I guess is along the top, so it does, it's not like you're looking at the, the third button on someone's polo shirt or something like that. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. I, I, I think you, I, I just think if you try, you know, looking at the right into the camera part of it, that you, you'll be engaging the people a little bit better. But uh, I, it, the stuff you had to say was great, and the people were very responsive and coming up with some great stuff. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the course and how it dovetails together. I'm sure that your uh, the stuff that you produced, as far as the course goes, is not going to look anything like that. No, the stuff we produced with the course is um, mostly set up in like a studio type environment. We have a you know a backdrop that says the Poker Academy on it. Rick and I are sitting at a table with our notes and our drinks, and and then we discuss the different topics as we go through. And then as you watch, you know, we put up hands that we talk about. If we give a hand example, we'll put it up on a replay on the screen. We put up other um, like little concept cards when we're talking about something that we think is important. We'll say concept and we'll type it out on the screen so people can you know, read it as well as hear it. Um, when we introduce new words or language that we don't know that, that we 
that is, um, you know, poker vernacular, like like we say, someone limped into the pot. We'll put a definition card up and, okay. and say what those what those things are, so that um, it makes it easier for people to follow along. And so, you know, from a stylistic point of view, it's kind of like a, a TV studio environment where we have one camera that has a shot of both of us, and then a single camera on each of us. So it kind of cuts back and forth between a shot of both of us and the shot of us ever talking. Um, and then, you know, for what the actual course itself is, you know, it's kind of it's 12 sessions long, and the first six sessions are really going through how to play your hands, what they're worth in different environments. Um, the first session is pre-flop play. The second session is pot odds. The third session is how to think about poker hands and aggregate the information, at, you know, for like defining what your opponent's ranges are and what their actions mean. Um, and then the fourth, fifth, and sixth sessions are all in post-flop play. The first one's multi-way post-flop play with deep stacks. The second one's heads up post-flop play with deep stacks. And the third one's medium and short stack post-flop play. And so those first six sessions really teach you how to play your hands. And then the second six sessions teach you about all the adjustments and things you need to think about while you're playing tournaments to improve, you know, to get more edge. So if you're playing your hands well and oblivious to everything else, you'll be competitive in a lot of tournaments. If you want to compete at the higher levels, you really need to make some adjustments as well. And so the first one's really a deeper dive into pot odds so you can really understand things like all-in decisions and when it's better, when you have a profitable call, when it might be better to raise um, and things like that. Um, the eighth session is about the different stages in tournaments and how that should affect how you play, right. you know, from like the early stages to the middle stages to, you know, the, the late stages where the average stack has, you know, drifts from maybe 200 big blinds all the way down to maybe 40 big blinds late and how that affects how you should play poker. And then the ninth and tenth sessions are one is identifying opponent types and really figuring out how to classify your opponents by watching how they play and what they do. And then the tenth session is how what adjustments you should make against each of those opponents when you're playing in hands with them. The eleventh session goes into making moves and bluffing when it's appropriate, why you need to do those things in tournament poker to, you know, really be able to run deep and keep your chip stack growing and, you know, where the high expectancy spots are to be able to do those type of those type of moves and, and do and when you really want to just out and out bluff as opposed to making a move. They kind of define those making a move is really a spot where you're thinking your opponent has missed off enough that they have to fold a big percentage of their range. And bluffing is trying to make your opponent fold a hand that you think has value. And so there's a big distinction there. You know, like a continuation right, right, that is right. really kind of making a move because your opponent doesn't have to flop at a very high rate and just that that's profitable because they have to fold all the times they miss. So that's a big distinction between, you know, I'm pretty sure my opponent has top pair and if I move all in here on the river, I don't think he's going to want to call me with it. So let's see. You know, that's really bluffing, right? And then um, the 12th session is everything to do with money and poker. So bubble play, final table play, playing when you're in the money, talking about making deals, bankroll, bankroll size and bankroll management, and things of that nature. So, okay. Uh, we're talking with Rep Porter, uh, who is... Uh, uh, along with his partner, Rick Fuller, who is his cousin, and they both uh, teach the courses of the Poker Academy. It's uh, very interested. You can go to the site and sign up for the course. You can test it out by uh, buying one uh, one lesson 
for $50 and then uh, make it up if you uh, certainly enjoy that. And right now, the 12-week challenge webinar series is on. The next uh, session comes up on Thursday, January 14th, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. on the East Coast. Uh, one contradiction I think I saw last night between you and Rick, uh, he had mentioned uh, that he didn't pay much attention to his table image, and you had already talked about how you thought that was quite important. Now, obviously, everybody has their different way to approach things, but I, I agree more with you, and I had a question about that as far as how do you determine what your table image is uh, from these people? Is it the way they respond and talk or simply by the way they, they bet and, and raise? A lot of times they'll just tell you what they think of you. Okay. <laughs> you know, if you, if you, if you raise a late position, some of them will go, shocker. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, they'll say things or, you know, you'll fold a bunch of hands in a row, then all of a sudden you'll open a pot and they'll go, oh, you're awake over there. You know, I mean, so <laughs> just paying a little attention to, uh, to what your opponents are saying at the table is one way to do it. And then, you know, sometimes when you bet a few times or made the same person fold, they'll just be, giving you that, that funny look like, man, I really don't think you have anything, but I can't call you here. And then, you know, you, you start to get the feeling like they're going to want to play back at you, like you, they think you're, you know, pushing a little too hard. You know, and so those things um, you really pick up by observation and listening to what your opponents are saying. There, there's other times, you, you know, you can play a lot of hands and nobody seems to really be paying attention. They just seem to be looking at their cards and folding and going back to, you know, their little device, whatever they happen to be right. messing right. around with while they're playing poker. Yeah. So, a lot of that's uh, just observation. Well, it certainly was interesting last night with a lot of different uh, angles and things that people wanted to know about. I'm sure you can't, uh, with the number of questions that you got, that you're not able to cover everything. But obviously, uh, you know, it gives people an idea that uh, what direction you're heading in as far as these different sessions go. Uh, the response from uh, last night's show from uh, people out there, pretty good. Yeah, I, I, generally people were very, very happy. There were a few complaints about the sound, but um, most of the people were very happy with it. And, you know, I mean, we debated when we were making this series whether to invite the whole world or just our students, right, because, I mean, the idea is to support our students. But we decided that it, it made a lot of sense to invite the whole world because there's a lot of people out there who have signed up for our free material or on our mailing list who maybe haven't quite taken the plunge yet and to let them know that, that we're accessible, that they can ask us questions and we answer them, and to give them a little insight into how we think and talk about poker, we decided it was a, a valuable thing after all. So we, we did invite the whole world, and, you know, like 640 people signed up, wow. which we thought was crazy. And 200 people came last night, and, you know, I mean, it's a series, so, you know, not everyone's going to come to every one of them, but, you know, having, having 600 people are interested in hearing about your uh, – your, your poker ideas is uh, a little flattering. Well, if people can definitely learn something, and uh, you have a chance to uh, win a, a trip out to the World Series of Poker. Tell us a little bit about that once more, one more time. Uh, people are saying, hey, you know, I want to hear more about uh, how I can uh, get a free tournament. So the 12-week challenge, um, to enter the 12-week challenge, you have to purchase our whole course, and then you have to send a um, 40 to 50-word testimony about what you learned and what you think the key concepts are in each of the 12 sessions. And then once you've completed the whole course, you have to send in 150 to 200 word testimonial. And then from those testimonials, we are going to pick one student out of every 25, and each of those students will win a trip to Vegas that will include airfare, three-night stay at the Rio, 
an entry into a $1,000 bracelet event. Um, it'll be merit-based, so your testimonials will be trying to describe, you know, what you've learned, how you've implemented it, how it's improved your poker game. And so that's kind of the concept behind the 12-week challenge. Right. We want to put our money where our mouth is. We're telling you that our tournament course will make you a significantly better poker player, and we actually believe it'll make you good enough to be able to compete in World Series events if you, you know, study hard and you really, you know, dig into it and put a little work in. We believe that anyone can reach that level where they're competitive in those, that environment just if they're given the right opportunities. And, so that's our goal. And the bottom line is that you're ready to help people if they have questions and uh uh, you definitely want people to get better. Yes. Yes, the people who are our students, we want to get better. If you're someone else's student, we sort of want you to get better. We want you to be our student and get better. <laughs> exactly. Not like uh, the grinder who I uh, asked about teaching poker, and he said, why would I want to help anybody else? They're going to come back and beat me. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a little older than he is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to play poker forever. And how, and how do the videos, Joe, uh, Joe got his uh, video package, uh, the first one yesterday. Oh, yes, how does that tie in? Kit. Well, that was, I mean, we, we built some free content so we could send it out to people to, so that they could, you know, get to know who we were. Um, those those free, that Chips and Sweatman series, we sent out one at a time for, I don't know, like 10 weeks leading up to, there's only eight of them, so they didn't come every week, but leading up to our launch to kind of um, warm up our poker audience to who we were and how we thought about poker and to, you know, it's always helpful to not make people plunge into the cold water without knowing what they're getting a little bit, right? So that was an effort to to let people get to know us a little better. And the same thing, you know, I write an article for Card Player every issue with the same idea, you know, trying to let people see how we think about poker and how we discuss it. And that way they, they can be more comfortable with who we are. So anyone can sign up for our free tournament kit. It's just the pokeracademy.com slash free kit. And that's those eight videos, um, a tutorial for how to use poker stove, a hand range guide just for quick reference, you know, like what the 15% range is, what the 25% range is. Obviously those things vary on the fringes depending on who puts them together, but you know, it's, a, it's just like a baseline idea. And then there's a series of um, articles on common misconceptions in poker. Uh, Rep, so I'm sorry, Rep. I just wanted to ask you real quick there. Uh, in that first video that I, that you sent me, I noticed that you used some of the math at the end. You were using some of the math there, um, and you were talking about how you would be raising from uh, the button position and you were using numbers as, as if the small and big line folded 80% of the time. Combined, they would fold 64% of the time. I found that very fascinating since I love math and never looked at it that way. Uh, do all your sessions include some sort of math in it to, to explain it to, to, to the viewers? Um, the, the first, like, four videos in that series have a lot of math in them. Um, as we go through... Our our main course, there's not quite as much math. There's two pot-odd sessions. So, you know, one-sixth of the total sessions are about pot-odds and how to think about the math of the poker game. And there's other spots where we talk about math throughout the course because, I mean, math's an important part when you're betting. You know, you're right. when you're gambling, you're trying to, you know, bet that something happens, you know, more often than what the price you're getting is. 
And if you bet against something, you're betting it happens less often than what the price you're getting is, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, like all these decisions you make where you're where you're making any kind of wager have to be a little driven by mathematics. They can't all be gut feel or you'll be making some mistakes. So we, we sort of feel like math is an important part of poker. But we try to make it um, approachable. You know, we, we take a, a, a few different ways to try to, to talk about pot odds and how to think about them and, you know, try to touch on a few. Because you don't all have to think about it the same way as long as you're getting to the right answer. So, you know, we, we, we try to make it um, a little simpler than a lot of the stuff I read when I was, you know, reading about the math of poker and stuff. Twelve different sessions, uh, over 25 hours of content. Uh, the total price, $499. Uh, don't be intimidated by that because it's a tremendous value. If you're not sure you want to try it, people can get the first session for $50 and add more on to later. Uh, Rick Fuller and Rep Porter teach this class. And uh, tell people what they'll come away with uh, when they come out of this thing. If you go through our whole No Limit Tournament course, you will come away with a very complete strategy for how to play no limit poker. You'll you'll you will have to look at all the ways you play your own hands. You'll have to reevaluate your ranges and all the positions you play from. You will learn to be a more dynamic poker player where you take advantage of opportunities that maybe you were passing up before. You will learn how the tournament structure affects how you should play when you're playing. You'll learn how to play against different opponent types. You'll learn the right places to make moves and bluff and how to think about approaching that. Basically, it's just a complete guide to how to play no limit tournaments. And if you, we really believe if you take our whole course and you study it and you learn the material that you'll be competitive on, you know, like in the $1,000 buy-in World Series events. Better results through better decisions is the catchphrase, and uh, it's tremendously interesting. Uh, wish you so much luck with it. Uh, I, I, I really encourage people to, to try out the, the free webinar and uh, just to see uh, the way you handle questions from uh, listeners and the things that you have to offer. It certainly uh, it was a lot of fun last night. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, Rep, best of luck uh, not only at the tables but with this course, and uh, uh, we'll get back with you and see how it's going uh, a few months down the road. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on the show, okay. and uh, take care. Okay, we'll send you uh, a link to the show, and uh, if you uh, feel like tweeting it out, certainly uh, we would love to have you do that as well. Certainly we will. Okay, thank you, Rep. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank okay, you. bye-bye. Uh, Rep Porter, uh, a World Series uh, bracelet champion not once but twice, and I'm sure there's some in his future as well. And yeah, he, that uh, was very interesting what he had to say, and I love the way that they break down those, uh, you know, the sessions, the 12 sessions. I think that's uh, <laughs> something I may be looking into just to see how how their their you know frame of mind is and their thinking about this. this is very interesting. Yeah, if you can get the the hands and hand. Uh, that you should be playing and, and in what situations. I mean, there's just a few things I picked up just from uh, the first night that I thought were great and uh, certainly enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, that's just something I gotta I, I've gotta try to get. So, uh, it's called the Poker Academy, uh, and uh, you can go to uh, the internet, thepokeracademy.com. Check it all out. All the listings are there, and who knows? Maybe you'll be uh, getting a trip to a, a tournament. That, uh, that would be nice. That would summer. be nice. That'd be fantastic. Uh, appreciate the time from Rep and. Uh,
uh, hope to be talking to him soon uh, as he uh, as he works his way through this thing. That's obviously, I said, a learning curve for everybody as well. So, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people have not been on TV before, and it's you know, it's a webcast. So, uh, uh, you know, don't judge mm-hmm. everything by one Listen, look. You get a little bit of growing pains when you first yeah, do absolutely. this. So, you absolutely, know. but uh, obviously, he's a down to earth guy and. Uh, and uh, very commonsensical, and uh, it's great. Uh, I, I would I would certainly ask people to check it out. Yep. Okay, let's take a break here on the show. We'll tell you once again about Gulfstream Park. Uh, we'll come back and finish things up. But Gulfstream Park is uh, our poker room of choice as we head to uh, the southern part of Broward County, very centrally located for the whole South Florida area, located near the beaches, it's a beautiful area. It's a great racetrack and a lot of things to do there. A lot of fun, but the solid poker with a, a great fair room where pe- where it's run smoothly, and uh, you can get the game you want is is basically the key. Yep. <laughs> they always they'll always spread the game you want over there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's located in Hallandale Beach, 901 South Federal Highway. If you want information about uh, their newest uh, promotion, which is uh, uh, player rewards, you get uh, rewarded for the amount of time that you play there. Uh, they look to take care of their local customers, loyal customers as well. Uh, check it out and give them a phone call, 954-457-6336. That's 954-457-6336. Once again, located in Hallandale Beach, it's Gulfstream Park. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer could purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. 
You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We needed a stuntman. Let's break for lunch. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Final segment of the program, Big Dave and Joe finishing things up tonight. Uh, we head into 2016, uh, hopefully a great poker year. And you're in prime prime form already there, getting that 45-minute <laughs> interview there. Baby. Yeah, I, uh, I have to apologize to him for uh, keeping him so long, but <laughs> he was having a good no time. Apologies. I think he was enjoying that's, it. That's the Dave Lemon style, buddy. Yeah, that's the uniqueness of the Dave Lemon style in the Poker Action Line show. The time flies by in this program. I'm what can I say? Uh, our thanks to Rep, uh, Rep Porter for joining us tonight. Uh, best of luck with uh, the Poker Academy. Uh, Check it out on the website, and uh, you could try it for free, basically, with the uh, webinars and the videos. See uh, if you want to get involved. I, I would highly recommend that uh, you're going to learn a lot, and if that's your commitment to try to make yourself a better player in 2016, this might be the way to go. Uh, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Uh, Joe and I will be keeping an eye on things in the political arena, things in the legislative arena, and, of course, at the felt, a lot of stuff coming up here uh, all over the world. The PCA uh, just getting underway and also Aussie Millions following that uh, in worldwide uh, focus. And then here in the state, we're going to have the uh, World Series of Poker Circuit event in February. we got the Lucky Hearts at the Seminole Hard Rock this week. And, of course, uh, all the stuff at the Hard Rock throughout the year. And then the you year. started the play of the, for the player of the year of 2016, you know. It's, yeah, we'll be What I always find very well. interesting is in all these early tournaments right now, like the Aussie Millions and, and in the Bahamas, is how usually somebody gets very hot leading all the way up into the start of the World Series. Yeah, so. absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, people love playing poker. And uh, we're getting more and more freedom to do as we please, uh, which is the only way it should be. That's it. Uh, that's going to do it. Thank you, Gio. Of course, you can always pick up the program on Stitcher Radio, or you can pick it up uh, on iTunes. Just uh, search Poker Action Line. You can sign up for a regular subscription there, which is free, and get the show every time you open iTunes. Of course, the Poker uh, Fuse podcast page has it as well. Or just go to our website, PokerActionLine.com. Or our latest new venue is Hold'em Radio. The Hold'em Radio Network carries us usually on Saturday evenings, uh, about 8 o'clock, is the first uh, airing of the program, and then it uh, replays during the week as well. So several chances. Uh, we'll have a lot of good guests for you in 2016, and we'll have fun here on the show. Poker Action Line should be your place to go to hear from the stars and the people who run the games as well. That's going to do it. We'll catch you next week, Joe and Gio, and uh, you, the listeners. Thanks for being with us tonight. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.